The Apostle Paul helps us to see what a generous God is looking for uh, when it comes to the generosity of his people. Listen to what he wrote about a service to the saints, which was an offering that was being collected. It is really not necessary for me to write to you about the service to the saints because I know your eagerness. I am boasting about it on your behalf to the Macedonians, saying that Achaia has been ready since last year. Your zeal has stirred up many of them. But I am sending the brothers so that our boasting on your behalf will not prove to be empty in this case, but that you will be prepared, just as I have been saying. Otherwise, if any Macedonians come along with me and find you unprepared, we, to say nothing of you, would be ashamed of this confidence. That is why I considered it necessary to urge the brothers to visit you in advance and to arrange ahead of time the expression of praise that you previously promised, so that it may be ready as an expression of praise, not of grudging selfishness. This is what I mean. The one who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. The one who sows generously will also reap generously. Each one should give as he has determined in his heart, not reluctantly or under pressure, for God loves a cheerful giver. about this big offering, this widespread effort uh, that had been planned already a year before. Uh, he wrote this letter to the Christians in the city of Corinth, which was located in Achaia. Churches were taking part in this offering so that they could help out Christians in the city of Jerusalem who had been enduring severe poverty. This coordinated effort of the churches is why Paul talks about Macedonia. Macedonia was the area to the north of Achaia. And there were cities with churches there uh, that, with names that you probably recognize, some of you. Thessalonica and Philippi were some of those up there. Well, Paul had been boasting to them about the Corinthians' enthusiastic promise to give to this offering. And that spirit of giving caught on with the Macedonians, uh, the news of it, Paul says, had stirred them up. You and I might say that it was contagious, a contagious generosity, which is what we talked about uh, last Sunday. So when Paul sent Titus and maybe a few of those Macedonians to help those Corinthians get that offering together so that it was ready when Paul arrived, they would naturally expect to see the fruits of this generosity that Paul had told them about. So Paul gently pushed the Corinthians to follow through on what they had decided in their hearts to do and what they had promised to do. He knew why it took them so long to get to this. They had to sort through a number of doctrinal problems in their church. And Paul actually helped them to do that. If you want to read about it, you can read 1 Corinthians. But things were better now, and it was time to get at this uh, offering, locally gathering the offering, uh, so that it could be picked up and then taken to Jerusalem. Paul wrote about this. Uh, he said for them to not be ready for a visit from Paul would bring shame to Paul, God's missionary, his uh, servant, who had encouraged the Macedonians by talking about, boasting about the Corinthians' generosity. It would also make the Corinthians look bad. It would make them look like people that didn't follow through on their promises, and so it would bring shame to them too. And then 
all of the excitement that had been generated by the Corinthians' generosity among the Macedonians would fizzle out like air being let out of a balloon. These were good reasons for the Corinthians to be concerned and reasons to get at the local gathering of the offering. Paul was the coordinator of all this. Uh, He's the one that uh, sent the letter. Uh, He's the one that sent some of the men to help them. He uh, would be coming on a trip to them so that they could follow through on their promise to God and, and his church and so that their giving would be, as Paul writes here, an expression of praise and not grudging selfishness. Their generous gifts given to God in support uh, of the people there in Jerusalem. That would allow the people in Jerusalem then to continue sharing the gospel in their area. Think for a moment about the coordination required for an effort like this. They needed a plan. They needed to be able to communicate it over a wide area. They needed to have uh, a way to collect that generous offering and then they had to deliver those generous gifts given by God's people for the ministry. Does that sound familiar at all? Does it remind you a little bit anyway of how God's people give offerings today? Think about that. Paul and others, much like them, leaders in our church also develop a plan for carrying out the ministry using the offerings of God's people. Uh, We call ours a ministry spending plan. Some people call that kind of thing a budget, um, but it's more than that. Kind of like this offering that Paul was was coordinating uh, was a spiritual endeavor. Well, so is our collection of the offerings of God's generous people and, and our coordination of the ministry and the sharing of the gospel. And so we have a spiritual name for what we do, a ministry spending plan. Every dime, every dollar that you and I give goes to some aspect of that ministry plan. There is a purpose for all of it. So a bunch of our members are involved in putting together this plan every year. They consider the amount of offerings that they think Uh, will take to do that, and people who serve in particular ways uh, might advise, site ministry team coordinators uh, might weigh in, the financial people do just a ton of work on this, the ministry board wrestles with it, the pastors are there to help, this this requires a lot of planning, unless you're involved you have no idea uh, what kind of an endeavor this is. This plan for doing the gospel work and funding it, um, we then communicate uh, to all of us so that we all know what's going on. In fact, that's going to happen in just a few weeks. You're going to see that, and then we'll all get together for an annual meeting in December. We'll be able to talk about that. We'll adopt one of these spending plans, and then beginning in January, all of our offerings that we give will go to support that gospel work, and that'll do good things. It will serve God's people. It will share the gospel with other people. It will support mission work and Christian education and all sorts of good things. And then throughout the year, at least in every newsletter and every quarterly report and maybe in other ways, our financial manager is going to share with us, update us on how things are going. And then the pastors throughout the year at appropriate times will share with us, maybe in Bible class or or in a sermon like this, 
um, what godly, live, God, godly giving actually looks like. And so really, we all will receive encouragement much like Paul gave to the Corinthians. This matter of giving can be hard work for all of us. It can cause some stress sometimes, maybe like it, maybe it did for the Apostle Paul. Things that we do or we don't do may give a, a bad impression, which is what Paul was trying to avoid by some of the things that he wrote here. But there's so much opportunity for so much blessing, just as it's always been for God's people. People then came to understand what you and I know, that God showed a divinely generous love for the sinful, sinful people of this world, even though they had rebelled against him. They were headed for an eternity of separation from him, but God still loved them. He showed it by opening his divine hand and freely giving to them, giving for them. And that's what generosity is, isn't it? Opening ourselves up so that we can give and serve others. Well, God's generosity moved him to do something for you. He let go of his son. And not just his son coming into this world full of sinners, but, but think of Good Friday when a world full of sin was draped over Jesus and he was distanced from his father. Jesus did that for you. The Holy Spirit did something for you too. He's the one that freely gave you faith to believe in forgiveness and eternal life through Jesus. God did not have to do any of this for any of us. But he chose to do it because he loves us. Think for a moment how God's generosity was planned carefully and then carried out. After Adam and Eve's fall into sin, God was there right away with a promise to send a Savior. And then God filled uh, his people's lives with many reminders uh, that he would send a Savior. And then he sent prophets uh, to prepare the people for Jesus when he came. And then Jesus came for the saving of people in Macedonia and Corinth and Jerusalem and Tucson, all carefully planned and promised and then carried out. Thinking about God's generosity helps us to understand some of the things Paul told the Corinthians about giving to God. For instance, there are a couple things here that we can learn from. He says, the expression of praise that you previously promised so that it may be ready as an expression of praise, not of grudging selfishness. It's a no-brainer, isn't it? That God wants our giving to him to be expressions of praise and not to be selfish or grumbling as we give to God. We all know this, right? We don't need to be told. Or do we need to be told? The Corinthians need to be reminded. Maybe we need to be reminded too. For instance, you tell me if any of this sounds familiar at all. We're a little irritated when we find out that we're going to be talking about offerings and stewardships for three straight weeks in church. Or we feel guilty 
because we're not giving any offerings? Or we try to tell ourselves, well, it can be either or. Either I can give offerings to God or, or I can find some way to serve him at some point in his church. Even though God never talks this way. Or maybe we are giving, but it's not generous. And we know that. Or we are giving generously, but it's not always cheerful. We do it even while we're thinking about um, the vacations that we could have if we just trimmed a little off the amount or the home renovations or the amount of money you could put away into investments or whatever. I mean, we're talking about, for a lot of us, we're talking about thousands of dollars every year. And a good for a good number of people, we're talking five figures Year after year. So yeah, we could do a lot and we could have a lot if we pulled some of that back. We might even be able to do and have some of the things that some of our friends have. This sounds like grudging selfishness, doesn't it? Or we've missed the point entirely that all of our offerings put together support a coordinated ministry effort of our church just like they did at Paul's time. What in the world is wrong with us? How are we valuing the generosity of God in sending Jesus if we are not responding with joyful generosity to God? Especially when he tells us that that's what he's looking for. That's a hard thing for us to face. It's hard because that means we've got to sort through what's most important to us in life. What a relief it is to find out that we find forgiveness for those kinds of sins in Jesus too. Maybe our issue is that we simply lack follow through and we know what we want to do for God, we simply don't do it. We want to give generously, but we don't. I mean, the love for God is there, but maybe we just need a little encouragement like the Corinthians needed. So I'll give you a few things to consider this morning as encouragement so that you can do what you really want to do for God. This week, sit down and look at all of the things that God has given to you. And then think about a plan. Put together a plan for how you will show God your generosity to him with joyful giving. Debbie and I do that. In fact, we recalibrate every year when we know what we're going to be making and then we figure it out. And I'll tell you that we use use a percentage to do that. Maybe setting up online automatic offerings is the thing for you, the thing that would keep you on task, that would would keep you doing the thing that you really want to do. Debbie and I do that. It's a tool. It's, It's just a tool to help us follow through on what we truly want to do. As a side thing, 
another thing, nice thing about this, about us setting aside, um, setting up these consistent online offerings, is it helps our church. It helps in our coordinated efforts as a congregation. It helps us to better know um, what those collective offerings are going to be about, you know, as we go month by month through the year, as we go about serving the Lord and sharing the gospel with people. If you will want an example, I'll make you an offer. I'll offer that I'm willing to sit down with you and talk about how we give to God and how you might give to God. I'll share with you how Debbie and I figure it out. I'll share the percentage with you if you want. And I realize you could take this as boasting by me. Then again, you might say, well, you're not doing enough. (laughs) It's not good enough. I don't know. But I assure you that we don't think that we are doing this perfectly. Absolutely not. In fact, some of those sinful musings that I mentioned a minute ago, those were mine on a bad day. Thoughts that I need forgiveness for. So I hope you'll take this offer for what it is. It's just an offer to help you Help your offerings be the expression of praise that that you want it to be. God makes it clear that he does intend for us to do some planning as we give back to him. But he also assures us that this is not simply a math equation. Listen again. The one who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly, sparingly. The one who sows generously will also reap generously. And should give as he has determined in his heart not reluctantly or under pressure, for God loves a cheerful giver. God actually says that we can sow generously. We can give offerings that are generous to God, and we can expect God to bless us back. And did you hear the freedom that we have when we give back to him? Determine in your heart what you will give. Don't be pressured by what other people might be giving. And don't be reluctant to give. God loves it when you're happy to give. God was happy to give to you. He wants you to be happy to give to him. God was generous to you. He wants you to be generous to him. And then see see the love and the blessing that God pours out on us as we all give together to support the sharing of Jesus as the world's Savior. Amen.